Bridging Gaps, the business podcast with Deborah Levitt, sharing the challenges and stories of fellow business owners. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Paul Rayner. Paul is a habit and health coach who works with people one-to-one to improve their health and nutrition. Hi, Paul. How are you? Hello. Very well. Very good. Thank you. Excellent. It's really great to have you on and to be talking to you a bit more about your business and how you've got to where you are today and and what you're planning on doing. Do you want to just share with people what it is that you do? Yes. So um, I have a a very small business called Habit and Health. It is online health coaching. So it kind of involves a range of things, primarily based around nutrition coaching, focusing on building healthy habits, um, with the sort of spin-off of looking at sort of uh, resilience and also a little bit about mind health as well. Currently, it's focused around one-to-one coaching. Mm-hmm. So I see all of my clients online uh, via Skype or via like a little app that I have. Um, and yeah, I'm sure we'll discuss what I want to work towards a little bit later. Ooh, we will do. So how did you get into this, Paul? I, I think that you started off with a degree um, in sport and exercise science, but then you went into being a research exercise scientist. Um, so there's a, there was a few years in between that. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah, I did a degree in sport and exercise science, graduated in 2009, had a little bit of time off, and then just the usual, didn't really know what I was, wanted to do. Did I want to do anything in sport or nutrition or that sort of stuff? Um, and then I got a job in a gym in 2010. So just sort of right at the bottom, cleaning machines, all of that sort of stuff. A little bit of fitness instruction. Did that for about a year. That took me to about 2011. And then uh, decided to go alone. So I decided to become a personal trainer. Um, and I liked the idea of... Um, working for myself and going to people's houses and training at their houses and in parks and things like that. So I did, yeah, I trained to be a personal trainer, did that for about a year. And then, um, and then I, then I started that research exercise, exercise science role. Um, that was a great Ormond Street hospital working with kids who have, um, cystic fibrosis. Um, so that was, did that for about two and a half years. And then, um, that was just like a fixed term contract because the research was only two and a half years long. And so was that looking at how, uh, well, sorry, I can't guess what it was about. So, so what was it doing with the children? It was, it's basically an exercise intervention. So it was just looking at how exercise can help children with, children with cystic fibrosis in terms of life quality, um, but also their lung function. Um, so just looking at other, other ways of treating them other than just medic- medication. And as far as I'm aware, it's currently being written up and hopefully published and all that sort of stuff soon. But that was a, that was a great job, really good. Um, after that, I went back to personal training. And so that was 2013. Was it? No, 2015, sorry. Um, so yeah, going to people's houses, parks, a little bit of nutrition coaching, health assessments, that sort of stuff. Did that for about two years. And whilst I was doing that, that's when I started Habit and Health or started the idea of it and started to try and get things going. And then, yeah, so it's just been just been building up since then, I guess. 
So, so what led you into thinking about, well, habit and health and, and that combination of, you know, so from, from my experience of personal trainers, they're largely focused on the physical aspects and, you know, the exercise that you're doing, um, though with some, you know, depending on who I've spoken to, with some awareness or encouragement around the diet side, but more just on that that physical side so what took you into more of the nutrition coaching and the habits around that i guess it's just just my interest really um i did a course with a company called precision precision nutrition over the course of two years and they kind of coach you to become a nutrition coach um and it's all based around behavior change kind of like um like an anti-diet approach so doing doing that course really got me into it um and when i was personal training them i was just finding the more when i was doing the, the nutrition coaching with clients i was enjoying that a lot more than actual delivering the exercise so it kind of made sense to put my efforts into something else uh, and see if that see if that would work and is it something that that you've struggled with personally have you found you know i know that you know looking at you now you know that you're you're very fit and healthy that you've done and i think possibly still do some modeling and you know so first impression would be that nutrition and and health isn't something that you've personally been challenged with but is there anything that you've found challenging yourself i think i think everyone can have challenges for food everyone uh, regardless of how they look um but to be honest, I don't have one of those regular stories or I've had all, all of these challenges and I've come through them and now I've started a company to help other people. Unfortunately, I'd, I'd love to have that story, but I don't. I think it's better not to have that story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I guess since um, pretty much since I started getting into fitness instructing about eight years ago, um, it's really just been a learning process. So I'd say in my uni days and before fitness instructing, before I started learning things, I, I wasn't eating very well. I wasn't eating particularly healthy, but over the course of eight years, I've just gradually learned more and um, I guess found a way that works for me. Just kind of, kind of fits in with my lifestyle, that sort of thing. And do you, do you practice, do you practice what you preach? Do you use a lot of the habits and the guidance that, that you give to people? Definitely. Yeah, of course. I mean, in that respect, I'd be yeah, I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think um, I think the way to to think about habits is that they're they're kind of a, a vehicle to start with. So, with some things like maybe maybe even just just my diet and health eating, I don't really think of them as habits anymore because because they do become second nature over time over the years. Um, but I think they're a good starting point for people um, rather than giving people like a fixed fixed diet approach. I think changing small things, working habits helps a lot better. And it's, yeah, it certainly helped for me. Um, so, yeah, I guess in the past I've changed my breakfast slightly, just focused on that for like a few months and then, then worked on something else. And I know... Um... So just for people who are listening, I am actually working with Paul. He was introduced to me by another person that I interviewed um, fairly recently as well. And, and one of the things that I actually like about it is the fact 
that we're working on, on fairly small habits. They're, 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 they're nothing, you know, if you looked at them in individually, to me, there's nothing life shattering or earth shattering, I think is the phrase about it. But I, I can see things starting to change. Um, but what I'm finding is that some of my friends and things are almost challenging me. And, and I'm going, yeah, I know it's slow. Yes, I know I'm not getting instant results, but I'm recognizing the changes that are starting to take place. Um, and I don't know, do you find that with other clients as well, that they get this kind of what they think and what their you know, support network thinks? Absolutely, of course. And what I think and what the client thinks is obviously very different as well. Um, but yeah, that, that's one thing that stands out is, is the slowness. Um, People, people want results tomorrow. People want results yesterday, um, and unfortunately, it's just the the kind of the kind of world that we live in now. We can we can get whatever we want this week, you know. Um, but unfortunately, changing those sort of I mean, I'm not saying people can't get results in very short amounts of time, um, but I'm what I'm saying is that to get good results that last for a lot for a long period of time. Uh, requires hard consistent work um, even if it's even if that is slow and steady um, and easy as you're going as you're going along um, but yeah no it's definitely something that comes up quite a lot um, but um, but I've seen it work I've seen it work really well in so many in so many clients um, I think one thing to say is that anyone anyone can change how they look they can um, they can get incredible results in eight weeks if they change everything. Um, the problem is what happens after that. And the sort of the most interesting results that I've had are the clients that I've had for one to two years who have made those really small changes. But in the end, they've had those big results. And with that, they've changed the habits around them. So they've changed how they, how they cook, all those sort of things. They've learned a lot as well. They've not just been given something to do. And I think that's what really stands out for me, because um, a few years ago, I did do one of the the really fast changes and I was successful, you know, in, in a fairly short period, I lost a substantial amount of weight. Um, and I really, you know, I did benefit from that, the the quality of my life and the things that I could do and wanted to do, you know, were were dramatically different. And I, and I think my friends and family benefited from it as well. But as you say, I hadn't I hadn't made the changes to to the habits and it just slowly, you know, has crept back on, which is why I'd hesitated about starting something new um, until, you know, reading a little bit about you and speaking to you. And that idea of that is actually in my head. It's not my body that's the problem. It's the head. Um, and unless I can sort my head out and establish those um, habits, then it's not going to happen long term. So, so how do you tend to find your clients, Paul? Is it through referrals? Is it through, you know, speaking to people or how, how are you locating these people? Yeah, a mixture. Um, so, yeah, a few, few, few word of mouth. Uh, obviously, you, you were by word of mouth. Um, but then just uh, just online. So... Um, I do a little bit of Google marketing, a bit of Facebook marketing, um, and then they're just in, just inquiries online through that. And how do you find people's reaction to it being online? So while it's face to face with Skype or or whichever um, app you're using, 
do people are they hesitant about it or do they you know think oh yeah that's absolutely fine it depends on the person completely um i think yeah i think it, i think uh using skype and those sort of things are just they're just going to become more more sort of common um i mean you're seeing it in gp practices people are seeing gps online i think a lot of health professionals are going online and the more we use it and i think the more people will get used to it um and sort of become more comfortable with it but yeah it really just depends on the on the person and their sort of comfort level with talking to someone online because it is it is slightly different to being face to face with someone but yeah no I, I think yeah that's pretty much it on that yeah <laughs> and where are you looking to to go with the business i think you mentioned something about an online course coming soon yeah i didn't know i told you that I'm not sure did you not you put it in your notes i did i oh sorry (laughs) (laughs) that's okay are you do you want to talk about it uh absolutely yeah definitely no absolutely (laughs) absolutely right yes so um it's something i've been working on for a while now um it's kind of just a culmination of all the things that i've learned and i just want to put it all in one place and also just to provide a little bit of scale beyond one-to-one sessions so yeah, just to give you sort of a bit of information about it, it's a twelve-week course. Um, it's kind of it's kind of just about looking after yourself. So pretty much all the stuff that we've been talking about already. So it's got the sort of foundation of nutrition, primarily focusing on nutrition habits and behaviours rather than um, changing what you eat. Okay. Of that in there, but I say fifty percent of it is also based around resilience. Um, so the mindset type of stuff just because that's so important in terms of not just looking after yourself and feeling good in life. Um, but also it helps the nutrition side of things as well and the physical aspect. So yeah, I'm just building the content for that now about halfway through and yeah, so it's going to be basically on an app. So it's quite a cool little app that you get and it's kind of just focused, focused on change and trying to promote behavior change as much as possible. So it's got um, sort of functions for a community on there. It's got a little bit of gamification. And yeah, and there's a sort of a method to build habits on there and tick them off, those sort of things. Um, and then you have access to the coach as well. So I'll be there helping people out, that sort of thing. So will it be something that you're doing with a group of other people that there's... Um, so is it me using the app and I'm just tracking my things? I've got access to you or is it me with access to the other people who are using it as well? And also with access to you. Both. Okay. Yeah. So, both. Yeah, so you go through a 12 week course um, and each day you'll have a different lesson about something. And then the, sort of the heavy emphasis on this is, is the action and the practices. So at the end of each lesson, you'll get something to work on. On top of that, you'll have a habit for that week that you'll work on. Um, but yeah, so you can post to the community pictures and comments and thoughts. Other people can see that. They can then talk to you. I can talk to both of you. So uh, yeah, it's kind of like a group group thing. Um, and Paul, you've mentioned resilience a couple of times. What what do you mean by resilience? That's a good question. I should have should have googled that before I. Uh... <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, you're right. No, it's. I guess it's being resilient is 
again with me it's it's all about prevention so it's it's having that resilience to not let things boil over in terms of anxiety depression stress so i guess those sort of critical things and having sort of that healthy mindset or even just strategies to help you be a more resilient person um so yeah you can be more resilient um through what you eat um through exercise through mindfulness um or even just just your attitude and the way you think um and i think yeah i, th- I think that there's all there are, there's those are all really important things in terms of resilience okay yeah and i know one of the things that you always do to me is is when we start our sessions is that i'm quite often going oh my god it's all been horrible and you're always going well what was good <laughs> we i mean as humans, we have a, a negativity bias. I'm, I'm sure we talked about this already, but <laughs> um, yeah, we tend to err towards the negativity and it's just natural. It's just natural. And the more we can focus on bright spots, positive things, um, not only will we feel a little bit better, but we'll probably take a bit more action as well. So if, the more we can do that, the better. Yeah, and I know I've definitely found that when I'm doing something or I've done something and I feel... I feel better for it and want to do more. It does, as you say, lead you to, um, what is it? Is it success breeds success? I'm not sure that's the saying I was going for, but I think it works. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with your, with the training and the course, are you, are, are you looking to remain, um, I guess yourself? Uh, I, I mean, you know, just, one person but working with some groups working with some individuals as well or do you have plans or goals to to go wider in the in the coaching world yeah it's definitely a goal to grow grow bigger and i'm not not saying huge but um i think it would be great to get to a point where i could um get a, like a freelance coach um if the group's got big enough to have another coach on there as well helping me or or even just have separate groups mm-hmm. uh, yeah, getting to a point where I could have two or three coaches, um, that would be that would be awesome. I'd really like that. Give you the the benefit of helping more people. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's and do you find that the habits that you're teaching um, around nutrition and health that they're applicable to other areas of people's lives? Um, what What do you mean? What other areas? Um, I think just generally the it's maybe not the specific habit itself, but the idea of the habit and a small change towards them. So either in their business or, you know, really any other area. So do you mean that you could uh, apply the sort of the framework and the structure to other other things? Yes. And the, and the way that you're applying them. So while the habit itself might be different, the structure, as you say, is the same. One other thing, Paul, can you not click the... Um, the pen. Sorry, I'll put the pen down. <laughs> it comes through really strongly. So I, I know when somebody's listening to it, they'll be thinking, what's that noise? <laughs> Thinking pen. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, the pen's away. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'll repeat that bit again. So, so it's about applying the habit. Um, and, and the, the, as you said, the framework and the structure yeah. Um, and applying that structure to other aspects of somebody's life, whether it's their work life or, you know, whatever it is. Sure. Absolutely. I think anything. I think you could apply it to anything. Um, yeah, you could put in a, 
your your business goals and then you could break down all the habits into step ladders um i think the yeah the pr- the principles the principles really so they i think they can apply to anything so yeah the key ones for building habits would be um focusing on step ladders so those would be the the small habits that are challenging but they're very achievable and they're easy and then those sort of small chunks end up end up at the goal um and i think yeah i think one of the the sort of well obviously you get business coaches as well so the coach for accountability um but also adding the community aspect helps with accountability as well um, so yeah i think you could apply it to anything well and it's something i've noticed as you and i um have been talking together that some of the things you tell me i i, I think it's kind of ironic because it's stuff that i tell clients and, and yet my ability to apply it to myself and my, you know, sort of personal well-being, um, it, it doesn't seem to make the translation. So as you're saying it, I'm thinking, OK, yeah, I, I suppose I should have been able to figure that one out. Um, but I guess it's sometimes having somebody else help you to to actually see um, what might actually be right in front of you, but you can no longer see it. You're so used to it. And I think that's. It's kind of the moral of the story with um, kind of the, the state of fitness and health and well-being is um, we've all got so much information. We all know everything. We all know the best way to eat. We all know what to do. It's just it's just doing it. Um, and where possible, yeah, I think action and practice and experimentation are, are far more important and and equally as difficult. So we need to try and think of ways to increase action increase practice so we can actually do things and actually make the changes um so yeah uh, yeah accountability having a coach having a community um trying to think of those principles that can can help you take action because without action nothing changes unfortunately um everyone's everyone's an expert on diets and nutrition now um but but you're not necessarily an expert if you haven't got the experience with it and um yeah, you're not going to change if you don't take action. And it's something that I spoke in when I was speaking to a business coach, actually. And I said, you know, I didn't want to sound, you know, arrogant or a know-it-all, but I, I know what I need to do. So knowing what you need to do is one thing, because as you say, we've got all of this information, but taking that action, doing it and, and continuing to do it as well is, is the really challenging bit. Definitely. No, you're right. Yeah, the con- it, you can do it. Yeah, you can do it for a short time, but the consistent the consistency is really key, definitely. So, well, from a business perspective, have you found in terms of you know setting up your own business? So you were in the the gym initially, then you went into the research exercise scientist, um, and then you went you know back into personal training before you moved into this area. So you've you haven't really been in a sorry a lot of people I speak to have come from a a corporate background and have come out of corporate and started up but you haven't really gone through that transition but you have made a transition to 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 what you're doing now Um, so I'm just wondering how you found those changes in your career as you've gone along yeah that's a good question um I've had a lot of jobs since I since I started working at 15 15 years old um, I've had a lot of jobs and I, I do struggle with, 
I should probably should say I do struggle with with staying in a, in a job uh, like a, like an office job or that sort of thing. So yeah, I think um, the reason that I'm attracted to this sort of thing uh, and and personal training work for myself is yeah I think you can be more creative. I think there's just that element of creativity, even working just working as a freelance personal trainer for myself. Um, at the end of the day, I have to get clients, otherwise the bills don't get pay, paid and um i have to do everything and i, I like i do like that <laughs> so, yeah i think it's i think i've worked out over the years that um i just enjoy working for myself and with one especially with one-to-one coaching it's very every conversation is different and every client is different as well so yeah it's it's one thing that's held me the longest definitely <laughs> And do you find, you know, with the, as you said, you know, when you're working for yourself, you you have to do everything um, or to at least acknowledge what needs to be done and hire somebody, you know, as an outsource or a VA or whatever. Do you, has that just evolved for you into to knowing about doing things like social media or do they play fairly small parts in, in your business life? Do you, social media? Yes. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I don't do it. I don't do enough of it, really. When I see uh, when I see certain people um, or certain friends that have doing their own things, yeah, they they they're way better at that stuff than me. Um, yeah, I think I think we're all guilty of focusing on certain things more than others, definitely. And th- this is a case. This is a case in point of knowing what you need to do, but not necessarily doing it. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, I I do enjoy those things definitely. Um, but, um, I think you need to keep the main thing, the main thing. Uh, and for me at the moment, the main thing is just getting this course done. Um, because hopefully it's going to form my sort of my core offer as it were. Um, so yeah, I'd like to get that done and that's my sort of focus at the moment. Well, and I, I know that a lot of coaches as well, um, you know, of all different types of coaching, is start off with something which is online, which is a group, and then they have, you know, other offers, which are the one-to-one and which give them that balance between being able to reach more people, but equally still being able to work on a more um, intimate, you know, a closer relationship one-to-one, which is also very rewarding. That's exactly. And that's, that's the kind of the balance that I'm going for is, yeah, yeah, the balance between those two things, definitely. So what do you, from again, from a business perspective, what, have you had any particular challenges? Um, you know, so for me, when I started, um, I wasn't necessarily clear about what I was offering. I didn't, you know, I kind of came out of my contracting life and was like, I'll just do this. Um, and it took a lot for me to figure out who I was targeting and what I was trying to offer them. And even now that continues to evolve. Um, so for me, that was a challenge. And networking as well was a big challenge in terms of trying to find clients. Um, so, so have you had, not necessarily those, but have you found you know certain things challenging or are continuing to find them challenging from a business side? Yeah, I think, um, I think actually what, what you said there in terms of... Um, no, like knowing who to target and that sort of thing, and, uh, and as you said, that there are constant challenge. It's ongoing more than it's just that was a big thing that happened and nothing after. But um, yeah, I think initially it was just um, it was sort of 
having the idea in my head and then just committing to it. I think, I think that was, for me, that was one of the biggest things was, yeah, it's just having that commitment to go from personal training to this, or even just obviously transitioning over, over a year or so. Um, and just saying, cause you kind of think in your head, this is a, this should be a good idea. There's other people doing it. Um, but actually committing and, and going for it was just a challenge in itself and buying the domain and starting to get clients and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, definitely a challenge for sure it's difficult sometimes isn't it when you you think that you know what you want to do but making that leap especially if you're in something that that is working that is paying the bills and is giving you a level of satisfaction whether it's exactly where you want to be or not it's yeah and it's true and i guess um i when i was when i was in london as a personal trainer for myself i i really really enjoyed it um and yeah, I got a lot of satisfaction for it from it. And it was kind of just sort of thinking about why, why do I want to do that? Why do I want to do this when I'm, I, I have a great life. I really enjoy myself and I have a great job and great, or great business or whatever. Um, why am I trying to do this <laughs> next thing? But yeah, I think there's just, I think it's more just ongoing challenges rather than any sort of big, crazy things. Uh, Cause it's just me. It's just those ongoing things of, all this work or what do I want to do next or getting clients or how can I get clients in a different way those sort of things and do you see yourself as a as an entrepreneur or do you see yourself as just somebody who you know is looking for ways to earn money that fit with what you like doing and what you're good at probably the latter I'd say um I think um I don't know if there's a definition of entrepreneur but I think until I get beyond one-to-one sessions, I don't think I'd feel like one. <laughs> um, so maybe, yeah, if I get this course going and it, you know, it gets generous in business, then I'll start feeling a bit more entrepreneurial. I think. <laughs> well, it's funny because the reason I asked was that it does, to me, you know, where you're saying, you know, you were doing the personal training that was successful and then you, you, um, you know, it wasn't a question of it not being successful or you being unhappy with it. Um, but you wanted a new challenge. And that's what made me think of of whether that is, you know, I think everybody's an entrepreneur if they're running their own business in some, you know, way, shape or form. But I think that that need or desire to keep starting new things and developing those um, is something that for me resonates as an entrepreneur. And that's what that's what triggered the question. Yeah, no, that's, I suppose, if you, if that's the definition of it, then yes. I it's my definition. <laughs> I'll take, I'll take that, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what Google has to say on the matter. <laughs> well, I definitely like, start, I definitely like starting new things and working on different things. And I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying to spend more time on doing, doing one thing at a time, focusing, and then, and then I can move on if I need, if I need to. Yes. If you've got something established. Um, so what about something that comes up a lot for people is actually the loneliness aspect of it. So, you know, the fact that they're working by themselves and even if they're working, um, you know, as a coach and they're working with other people, that's a business relationship, a client relationship. Um, and having those people around to bounce ideas off of, to just have a you know vent if you need to, or or to get ideas and insights, 
can be challenging if you're working from home. And as you said, you do a lot of your coaching online. Have you, you know, do you find any of that or do you have ways of dealing with making sure you get the interaction you need? Uh, yes, I've had, a, I've had a few people say that. And um, especially when I was in London, just working for myself as a PT, um, a lot of friends would say, oh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't work from home by myself, you know, all that sort of thing. But it's never really been an, been an issue for me. Um, I guess I'm partly introverted, which helps. Um, I'm quite a thinky person, which I guess helps as well. Um, but yeah, I just, I think I, I'm quite good with my personal well-being. So I do other things to keep me sane. So I meditate, I exercise, I get outdoors, those things. Um, but um, when I was in London, one thing that did help was having um, having a couple of friends who were, who worked for themselves as well. So um, particularly one who I'd see most weeks, but every week for lunch and have a good catch up. And um, he um, he had a roofing company in London, in South London, and um, yeah, it was just good to catch up with him and listen to all his stories and his week, and because he's in the same boat, he works for himself, and um, yeah. So not, I've never really, it's never really bothered me. No, which is absolutely fantastic because a number of people that I've spoken to have, um, you know, have experienced it and have found that that is the major challenge is that they, the idea of working for yourself it is kind of, you know, rose colored glasses. It's all wonderful. And I can just go out and all I'm going to do is train people. Um, and then they get hit by the reality of, oh, shoot, I've got to find some clients. I've got to pay my bills. I've got to invoice them. Um, and hang on, I'm doing it over the phone. So I'm always at home and I never talk to anybody. So, so for some people that that actually, it's not necessarily that it becomes a problem. It's just that it, it, it actually does have a negative impact on them and finding a way around it um you know has been necessary but it sounds like yours has just it, it, I was going to say evolved and I don't really mean evolved I think it's just it, it's almost like you've just managed it without realizing that you're managing it because it's just well I've got this friend I can have a chat with them that filled that gap I think um yeah with the loneliness side of things I'm absolutely fine but um if you're talking more of like the financial and having enough clients for the bills um I think I have managed that slightly. Um, so I, I, so I was working part-time and then built up clients and then I left that job. Um, and then I was quite, quite sort of um, focused on keeping a, above a certain level of clients. Um, and if I dropped near that, then I'd be a lot more proactive in getting clients. Um, so, and yeah, I think, yeah, I just sort of had that sort of, just that sort of uh that kind of a line where yeah. if I start getting close to this line I need to go out and get somebody else on board exactly, yeah and as long as I was comfortable in that it was absolutely fine um but I can totally see if you're just doing your business and you're struggling with clients and built I, I can totally see how that can get um affect your well-being and stress very very quickly um de yeah definitely and and you talked a little bit about your well-being and what you do to to look after yourself. Do you want to just talk a little bit more about how you well, what you do and also how you make sure that you are making time for yourself? Because, again, for a lot of people that I've spoken to, 
that actually requires quite a bit of focus and you know and I guess I'm just curious as it as it's your job um mm. does it naturally flow into your life as well or do you have to put those habits in place yeah I have to I have to put the habits in place definitely I don't just spring out of bed and go to the gym or anything like that um but I I, I make it easier for myself so yeah I, over the last few years I've been sort of created my own sort of well-being planner so every morning I do a little bit of like journaling in terms of like gratitude those sort of things um but also I create a little section of um like movement mind and then relaxation so um they're just tick boxes so um I just tick it off if I've done it for the day and if I haven't then I know that I've not done it <laughs> so it's just that sort of very small accountability to myself and to my well-being planner um so yeah I, I try and do um like a 15 20 minute meditation on headspace every day i try and I, i've got some gym equipment in my garage which means i don't have to go to a gym or go elsewhere to exercise try and do that for half an hour to an hour every day and then something relaxing in the, in the evening so a bath or a little bit of stretching so just little things to that you know how to do them. Uh, sorry, not how, but you know how you can fit them in easily, and 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 with the accountability bit, with the you know the the checklist of the three three areas. Do you, if you haven't done it that day, is it just a reminder of oh, okay, hang on, I missed today. I I need to try and make sure I do that tomorrow. It's just a a little. Absolutely, yeah. It's just. Uh, I mean, some days I don't even fill the page out. It's just a, a different page. I put the date at the top. I do it all from scratch and often there's days I miss two days and I'm like, I, I know that I've missed those two days. It doesn't mean I've not exercised, but it probably does mean that I've not done any meditation or I've not done the journaling, those sort of things. Um, so it's more just of a reminder for myself um, rather than beating myself up and saying, oh, you're rubbish. You've missed that day. You've ruined the week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you might just as well give up on the rest of the week and start on Monday. Start January next year. So. <laughs> um, it's, just, it's just it's just tracking for me, um, and also with the journaling, I can I can look back as well. So I can look back at a month ago and see what I was grateful for or what I was thinking about a little bit more. Um, it's it's really interesting because one of the things that I've realised as I'm doing these interviews is one of the common themes that has come out, which I really wasn't expecting, was the number of people, men and women, who are doing some sort of gratitude, um, whether it's in a journal or however they're capturing it or if they're just thinking about it. And it just, well, it hadn't crossed my mind that there would be so many people doing it and that it would be enough at the fore of their mind that they would be mentioning it, if if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. so, yeah, so I think it is really interesting that people are across the board, different businesses, different countries, different genders, um, all finding that that really makes a difference. Yeah, that's it's interesting. Yeah, well, I guess I guess because it, it works, um, and I think these sort of positive psychology habits are becoming a, a bit more popular, a bit a slightly more main, mainstream, I guess, which is a good. <laughs> Yeah, and I think because I noticed back at the beginning of this year that, and I didn't think of it as grat gratitude. I thought of it more um, as as a moment of joy, basically, where I'd realized that, and it and it is the silliest thing. 
the keyboard on my computer was not working and I ordered a new one and I got this one. Now, this was, I don't know, 16 pounds, 67. This is not a huge, expensive thing. But for some reason, when it arrived and I got it out and I tried it with my computer, one, it worked. And two, it makes a clackety-clack noise. (laughs) I really like this clackety-clack noise. (laughs) Um, No idea why. (laughs) But it just made me realize that in that moment when I was trying it and I was typing on it, that it was a moment of joy. And, and it was only small, but that we can really miss those little moments. Um, and if you look back, you just think, oh, yeah, I got a new keyboard. This happened. This happened. Um, and so I tried really hard for well, for a little while. I tried posting it. Um, and now I just tend to think about it. But to really notice, OK, what was um, or were those little moments of joy in the day that just remind you that, yeah, these were small things but and, and I appreciate some people might think I'm weird in terms of liking the clackety clack noise <laughs> we, we all like very strange things don't worry about that <laughs> <laughs> so no you're, you're absolutely right yeah I think I think um we live in such a sort of a busy world at the moment we don't stop we don't stop and appreciate what's what's good um and even if there is that just that cup of coffee in the morning you know those very very small things but you know, if we can't appreciate life, what's the point, <laughs> really? It, uh, I suppose. It, yeah, it's it's very true. One of the things I noticed when I went down to Cornwall earlier this year um, was that I had gone somewhere with a really beautiful view, and I stopped for coffee one morning. I was planning on, you know, reading my book while I was sitting there, and then I realized that I wasn't reading my book; that I I was just sitting there and drinking my my tea and watching the world go by. I was right by the, the sea. I was watching everybody on the beach. And it was just a realization of how easy it is to not be in that moment. Um, and that was, you know, I was just there. I was just enjoying it. I wasn't, um, sorry, I just got distracted by a dog licking my hand, <laughs> who is clearly living in the moment. <laughs> Um, but but it was that realization that that sometimes you you don't need to be doing something you don't need a device you you just need to enjoy. Yeah. And... You're stroking your dog. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. And um, funny enough, you were saying about um, have I had any challenges with with well-being nutrition? I think it is the challenges that I have had are, are more well-being based, so more of the being present is something that I've definitely struggled with um, just because I, I think a lot. I'm always, I'm always kind of thinking about things and it's just learning to not stop the thinking, but just take a step back from it. And, uh... <laughs> Sorry for those people listening. I, I'm being attacked by a dog <laughs> and Paul can see this, hence the laughter. <laughs> he does want attention. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I've just struggled to be present and um, that's something that's been my sort of focus to work on um, and I think it can help a lot. So, Paul, if somebody was trying to put in a new habit, do you have any tips on, you know, how best to, to start making changes, how to, to make some sort of shift? I know you mentioned the stepladder before. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I think the first thing 
just to, to clarify your priorities. So kind of kind of kind of working out um not necessarily your goals, but yeah, kind of kind of your goals and what you want to achieve. Um then think about why. So what why do you actually want to achieve that? And then maybe ask yourself why two or three more times and trying to get trying to get to that sort of meaningful reason to why you want to achieve your goals. Um and then yeah it really depends on the person. Um so I recommend sort of two weekly goals. So doing a habit for two weeks. So something small, simple, um, something that you're very confident you can do, but is still maybe a bit of a challenge. Um, so it might be um, having a bit more protein at breakfast or for someone a bit more advanced, they might change the whole breakfast. It might be um, exercising for 15 minutes, three times a week, those sort of things. Um, but yeah, something small, simple, and something you can maybe tick off each day for two weeks at the end of the two weeks you can kind of just assess how it's gone do you want to advance it do you want to make it easier or do you want to do something completely different um so yeah i'd say focus on it for two weeks any longer and it you might just get a little bit bored a bit distracted um any shorter and it's probably not enough time to get the feel for that habit um so yeah i'd say two weeks one habit just nice and simple so really not setting yourself the goal of something that is really difficult and really in complete contrast to what you do today. It's, it's being realistic about it and giving yourself a high, high probability of success. I mean, this, this is something that I, um, I wouldn't say troubled with, but, um, that's quite a different word, but yeah, I mean, it depends on the circumstance. There are times when, I mean, I'd say most people just need to focus on small things that are realistic and they can achieve and they can get those small wins where they've they've achieved those goals each day for two weeks and then they, they feel good and they can move on. Um, obviously, there are going to be times where with the certain certain people who will, will, will set big goals and they need big goals to drive them. So it's just, I guess it's trying to work out who you are and what works for you first and foremost. Um yeah, more so than the structure, I'd say. Yeah, no, and I, I agree with that because, you know, I know that I'm somebody who is better with small goals and is better with achieving. Um, but I know other people who need that big goal and need almost that impossible challenge to feel that they rise to it. Whereas I'd rather have the impossible challenge broken down into little teeny steps that, that then get me to it as opposed to just... Um, you know oh my god i'll never be able to do that challenge absolutely yeah and i I totally agree with that i think if you have if you can set a big exciting goal that means something to you um i think that's great and if you can break that down into those smaller steps those step ladders even if that's six months or two years um i think that's probably the best combination so a nice balanced approach to it Um, so, Paul, one of the other things I just wanted to touch on is you've also written a book, and I think it's a guide to being an outdoor trainer. Is that is that yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, when did you write that, and what what made you decide to to put that together? Um, yeah, I I can't remember when I wrote it. <laughs> um, this is a good question. It's probably. 2014 at a guess maybe okay 
but I think yeah, I think I'd been an outdoor personal trainer for quite a while, um, and it's just one of those things that I wanted to not for not for like a business perspective to make money or anything, but it's just just something I want to do. So I did it. Uh, I think um, <laughs> I just kind of wanted to put all my experience to paper, I guess. Uh, and if anyone got any benefit from it, then that would just be a bonus. Really, it wasn't. I'm going to quit personal training and then this book's going to, this, this book's going to make me rich. <laughs> <laughs> so it was more about just sharing that you don't have to be locked in a gym. You can actually do the training outside and the benefits of, of doing that. Is that. Absolutely, yeah. And I think it came down to that. Um, yeah. I think that when you're, when you're a fitness instructor or you're training to be a personal trainer, the direction that you're pointed towards is the gym. Um and that just didn't, I, I've never worked as a personal trainer in a gym and it just didn't occur to me. Um, and I just, there was nothing, there was nothing like that available in terms of just a small guide about how you could do it yourself. Mm-hmm. In, in people's houses, um, just those little things that you learn over the years doing it. Um, it was kind of something that I wish I'd had uh, when I first started. One of those, if only I'd known. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh, I mean, we've got to, We've got, we've got to fail and experience ourselves. I know it's how you learn, but if you can cheat a little bit, then that's uh, it's better. <laughs> that's yeah, and I, and I think it's also the, the balance is if you can read, you know, various people's experiences on things, it, it's still then recognizing that that was their experience and not necessarily yours. So somebody was talking to me recently about, I don't know, I think it's the five o'clock club or something where the idea is that you get up at 5 a.m. every day and you do, you know, all of these things. And I, and I remember just looking and I said, do you know what? That's not me. And yeah. I, I appreciate that that works for, for certain people, but I have no desire to be up at five o'clock doing things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not productive early in the morning and, I, and I, I don't think I ever have been. So, so I think it's recognizing that while you can take things from whether it's somebody's book, whether it's somebody else's experience, it's then taking what, what makes sense and works for you. Absolutely, yeah. And I, yeah, I think that's, that goes the same with any sort of self-help book is just taking, taking what works for you or what you think will might work for you, taking, taking the good bits, I'd say. Because um, even though I think it's all good for someone else, it's, it's, it's fine. Well, I'm not going to become an outside trainer, so I can't really comment on it, at least not in the moment anyway. <laughs> You'll count that as a real success, won't you? <laughs> um, so, Paul, thank you very much. Just before we wrap up, is there anything that you want to say or that you'd like to say to anybody who's listening, whether it's just a tip, whether it's how to get hold of you, whatever you'd like? Um, I haven't really thought this enough. Um, not really I mean if you want to find out any more about Habit and Health just go to habitandhealth.com um, yeah at the, at the moment we're offering one-to-one training um, it's all online nutrition coaching health coaching based around behaviors and habits um, and then hopefully my goal by the end of the summer slash autumn time is to have my um, look after yourself course up and running that's the 12, 12 week online course That's excellent, Paul. Thank you very much. And thank you for making the time to join me today. Thank you very much. Cheers, Deborah. Thank you. You've been listening to Deborah Levitt on Bridging Gaps, the business podcast. 